0: Welcome back, one and all, to this week's episode of the Great Library Adventuring Show. Woo-hoo! I am your host, Larry Steves, and man, oh man, if you weren't here for the first part of today's episode, you are missing out. We are live here in the Brains or Brawn Obstacle Course Arena. And our first ever Mortal contestants have been absolutely flying through all our challenges. Well, flying, climbing, sprinting, jumping, and exploding through them, that is. The Wall of Giant Brothers? No problem. The aft engine room of the historic and totally unsinkable airship Gigantic? Easy breezy. The legendary Kraken encounter at Pointefort? Well... Let's just say their luck had to run out sometime. But hey, they're not giving up yet, and neither are we. First, let's check in on Checkers the Grung Druid and his trusty frog pals Mango and Junior. Checkers, how's the stack doing?
1: Hey, hey, you spit him
2: out. Spit him out right now. Do not put that in your mouth. (laughs)
0: Haha, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't feel too good being grappled by a kraken either. Let's go to the other side of the boat with Selvasterlin, the dragonborn monk.
3: Hi, Larry. It's still great to be here. Excuse me a moment, I need to climb this.
0: Wow, so insightful. Valeska Carter, the human. <laughs> asterisk cleric.
1: Hi, Larry. Um. Team, team, banishment did not work. I repeat, banishment did not work on the Kraken. We need to move now and quickly. Thank you, Larry. (laughs) Thank you.
0: You bet. Thank you for trying to cast a spell on the legendary Kraken. It's very fascinating. And finally, last but not least, Kaskarin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. Fight, you fools. Fight for your lives. The medicine must get to the refugees. Let's get back to the action on this week's episode of Reckless Attack. Wait, wait um, wait, what are, we, what are we calling it now? And so we find our adventurers <laughs> uh, back in the uh, on the obstacle course here inside of the restricted section. Everyone, I think, is actually doing generally speaking all right. You know, sure, Mango is being grappled by a kraken and said kraken has thrown some debris at you all. But you all see right up there that chrome door in the crow's nest of this definitely not a pirate ship. And so let's just jump back into initiative order, everybody. Checkers, you just went. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, I'm not going to say you have assured the death of Mango <laughs> by your choices and have a full round of combat, not combat, to think about your choices.
3: But what I will say is it's self's turn. So just for a couple of clarifications. Yes. Mango is currently grappled by a tentacle from the Kraken. Correct. correct. And the doorway on the crow's nest... Is it moving with the crow's nest? Like, as the boat is shaken by the kraken, is the doorway, like, in the crow's nest and moving with it? Yes. Or is it, like, stationary and then everything's moving underneath it? Yeah, great question. It appears that it is just sitting in the crow's nest. You don't know
0: what would happen if you knocked over the mast, but it is just seemingly sitting there. It is not in space. Okay. And as also as a reminder, Kaskarin, you... And Val are all still, I believe, standing on the beach right yep. next to a yes. recently downed
3: anchor. <laughs> and and nice. with a bunch of just thrown debris uh, around us. What I would like to do is, since Cass was brilliant in having them drop the anchor and giving us a little bit easier way to climb up onto the ship, I'm going to try to climb up onto the ship. And I'm kind of picturing this tentacle-wrapped mango being pulled back and forth just because of the sheer size of the tentacle that has them. But I would like to try to get close enough to stun. Nice. Not necessarily. I I don't think I can stun like the Kraken. Yep. But if I can just numb its tentacle enough that it will let go of Mango. That is my goal for this round. And as we know for the real, for real life,
0: I think this is actually true. I think this is not one of those like fake nature myths, but you know, octopi and stuff have brains all throughout their bodies or whatever, Mm -hmm. so you're just stunning one of the kind of
3: independent bits uh, and giving him you know, just a a dead arm. So uh, I would like to climb up the chain of the anchor and get on deck and then attempt to leap and strike this tentacle as it's waving around. Okay, climbing just for all of you guys who may or may not be climbing, and for anyone at home who's
0: curious about the 5e rules for climbing, I think it just costs extra movement. Uh, and this is also, I'm not going to make you roll for it because it's a stationary chain close enough to a ladder as far as I'm concerned. Not necessary for you to uh, roll anything like that, especially for a 7th level monk adventurer. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say that, what's your total speed right now? 45. Oh, I think with 45, I th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have it. So you can get up, climber up, and kind of be at least close enough to a tentacle that you can do
3: a punch. All right. So I'm going to scramble up the chain and reach my hands up and climb onto the the railing that leads to the deck and crouch down there and just wait for the opportunity of that tentacle getting close enough that I can just hit it in the exact right spot I need to. So you are sitting there, you're sitting there patiently waiting, waiting
0: you hear the cry of a distressed mango just <laughs> go over your head and you see a tentacle kind of start to slither a little bit closer to you that you know must have in its grasp. Your frog pal. Give me an attack roll. Natural 20. Yeah! Wow! Okay. I'm not even gonna roll anything for it because I'm, I'm considering that a little bit of a, a skill check and stuff too. So just describe to me what this looks
3: like. So, Selv is crouched down on the railing, just waiting, and, uh, and then having witnessed Val's combat trigonometry, attempts to do it himself, and has to make some kind of weird guess, but then I leap off the railing, and right at the moment, I just flip in a forward flip and hit the tentacle with my heel, and then land on the deck, and look up at Mango, and just to see if that had loosened the, the tentacle grip or not. There's kind of like the shadow above me of the tentacle and Mango, and just the shadow of Mango just keeps getting larger and larger as he drops to the ground. Uh, you have to step out of the way. I will be stepping out of the way. <laughs> is it a cool uh, step? Is it an action roll? What's the uh, vibe? Actually, it is it is kind of a, a, a diving roll on my shoulder. And, uh, Captain Purple roll, absolutely. Yeah, and then we'll kind of come up into a crouch position and get ready to move out of the way of any other tentacle coming down.
0: It is now the top of the order. It is Kaskrin's turn and Kaskrin above you. You've seen Selv clamber up. You mm-hmm. have seen a ginormous Mango just be tossed around. And then you hear a large ribbit followed by the splintering of wood as Mango hits onto the ground. <laughs> what do you do?
2: Okay. So listen, I have 25 feet of movement. So mm-hmm. Kaskrin is looking up at this anchor. It's like, 30 feet of you know just rope or whatever and he's like okay all right and he is going to grab on with both arms and just like start pulling himself up just using his arms like his feet are just swaying side mm-hmm. to side <laughs> and he is really trying to emphasize like the muscularity of his arms as he's climbing this thing because it's gonna take me a double move but as i'm climbing cringe like you know, there's the uh, the sea breeze coming in. There's the surf, the salt, <laughs> uh-huh. and, like, the wind rustling through his beard. And he's going to try to, like, make himself just, like, look really good as he's climbing this thing. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, as, <laughs> to try. as we discussed kind of getting that those hero points, yeah, essentially, right. yeah. is very important. He's, like, channeling, like, that Baywatch heartthrob. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Please as he unbutton
1: this. your Gambison oh, a little absolutely. bit and go full Fabio 90s cover. Yep.
2: There's, a, there's a, a freeze frame as, like, the wind is just, like, blowing through his beard. Yeah, I was going to say, say like, his beard, yeah. specifically. And he's climbing up this anchor.
1: I mean, if Jason Kelsey can be nominated as a finalist for Sexiest Man Alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what?
0: Jason Kelsey is basically a non-dwarf, non-stone covered Kaskarin right man. Yeah. Looks-wise. Hmm. Absolutely. Celebrity casting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, give me some sort of charisma roll to win, uh, win people over. Hell yeah. Everyone can get a uh, bonus accordingly. That is a 21. Wow. Frick. Uh, okay. <laughs> the entire Golden Tree Guild sees Kaskarin doing a very proficient and Inspiring climb up this chain. He has short little uh, dwarf arms and <laughs> legs, but boy, is he making them work! You are all uh, all inspired by this, and in fact, several members of the pirate crew—not pirate crew—look uh, and are like, "Oh my gosh, who's that? Is that our new captain? It should be. I don't know. He's really cool."
2: Uh, and just falls over and swoons. Yep,
0: exactly. Several do. It's just—it's actually not helpful. But all of you for the next round until the start of Kaskrin's next turn get, uh, I'll just say, advantage on any, uh, we'll say, like, climbing checks or anything where either his inspirational presence could be applied or the, what you guys now hear, the echoing cheers of the spectral crowd are all getting behind Kaskrin Brightmane, sexiest dwarf on this boat. Kaskrin
2: makes it to the top of the railing onto the deck, and that is my turn. Valeska Carter.
1: I have a lot of lot of ideas and all of them are dumb.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, hey, Sophie. You may not have noticed. We're doing our game show arc right now. <laughs> You're fine.
1: Okay. So Val would like to use her movement to climb up the anchor in a non cool way, really just efficiently. She's not gonna top Cass climbing that anchor. No. That is top tier anchor climbing. Well, and especially
0: it is, it is cell followed by Kaskrin, which are definitely, other than the literal frog, are two very proficient climbers (laughs) in the party, which is not necessarily Val's forte.
1: No. So as Val gets to the the top deck of the boat, I would like to really stretch the bounds of (laughs) the Arcanist Magic Aura spell. I
0: don't even know what that is. (laughs) So I'm already very concerned.
2: Again, Sophie just making up stuff. Yeah. yeah. Is this um, from
0: an official yeah. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. book, or is this like scribbled on a note card that you've put in front of your iPad and like, no, it's
3: it's real to me. It's on a napkin from Chili's. <laughs> yeah. Listen,
0: Claire,
1: it's definitely. A, definitely oh, Bell you. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a napkin from Bell Pepper, so it's clearly a completely fictional. absolutely definitely canon.
0: in yeah in fiction. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what do we got?
1: So this. So, Uh, Oh, God, I can't wait. You place an illusion on a creature or object you touch. So so this is where it is. So divination spells reveal Mm -hmm. false information about it. Mm -hmm. The target can be a willing creature or an object. There's two effects, false aura or mask. And I really just want to see if I can cast magical aura on the ship to make the Kraken less interested in it.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Huh. So your pitch... Is that you will cover it with a horrible rank magical aura so that the Kraken's like, you gross.
1: Yeah. So I was trying to think. There was a big pause. Well, my initial thought was like, vowel roll a check of what is the Kraken's worst fear.
0: Yep. Reasonable.
1: Cast Mind Sliver to that. That's a spell save DC. Not really probably gonna work. But if I cast a spell on the ship that is the Kraken's mm-hmm. worst nightmare, or just you gross to the Kraken, that might work better. Also, I wanted to see if the medicine for the refugees being transported by these non pirates mm-hmm. was attracting the Kraken. Could I potentially use the aura to cover up that odor? And the kraken would then be less interested in the ship. There's a lot of things happening in my brain and also Vlaska's Carter brain, trying to make this a very efficient turn.
0: Okay, so here's what I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna let you do. Okay, I am gonna let you cast the spell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna let you roll your spell-like attack modifier on a d20. Okay, it's gonna be a pretty high DC. Okay,
1: <laughs>
0: the group will be rewarded if this succeeds. Okay, uh, much in the same way that Caskrins helped everyone, so. Give it a spin, and because I like the idea, take an extra D four.
1: Hey, <laughs> guidance. <laughs> yeah,
0: I cast guidance upon you.
1: Cool. I have an inspiration. I choose to use it. Now. Okay. <laughs>
0: yep, okay. <laughs> cool. 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 Go. I, again, I don't know that Kaskarin's like glory will necessarily yeah. help you. This so, unfortunately, yes.
1: Okay. 28 total. Ooh, I was,
0: the, wow. was a joke. 25 was the DC. <laughs> yeah. so wow. I, I rolled wow. a
1: 19 and 18. <laughs> Hell <yeah>. Wow. Wow! Because
0: <laughs> of hot dice tonight. Thank you, Starbuck. Please, Sophie, describe what Val does to the ship and kind of what her, what her goal is again.
1: As Val clambers and basically falls onto the deck of this non-pirate ship, she stays down and presses both of her hands into the deck. This light blue glowing light flowing into the wood grain and down into the ship as she casts the Arcanist magic aura masking the ship. You see from like a wide angle camera view the exterior and hull of the ship turn into the hide of like a sea dragon, a kraken's natural enemy.
0: As you all see this arcane transformation take place, you all start to hear members of the crew. Cruise- hey, what's happening to our ship? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It seems like it's got bad vibes all of a sudden and etc. <laughs> etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, You all see this large kraken just for a moment where it has its tendrils inside of newly broken open holes, is curling around structurally important parts of the ship, trying to rip it apart. You see its grip loosen for a moment as it kind of backs off and you hear this horrific screech in primal, instinctual fear as it just recoils for a moment, buying a few precious seconds. Uh, What that is going to do is give everyone... Guidance on their next roll. Yeah! Anything else you'd like to do? I imagine that is probably all of your movement <laughs> to yeah, get up there for sure. Absolutely. I don't know if you even, if you're taking a full action, you might have been like part way up the I chain. I touched the and, ship and as I'm shape. Shape. <laughs>
2: Exactly.
1: I yellow cast looking good
2: (laughs) (laughs) and you just you just see like a thumbs up up here from over the railing (laughs) that's what your guidance is from nice is is
0: additional ego boost
2: hell yeah so mango lands hard on the deck of the ship and just like you hear the wood cracking and splintering underneath his massive 15 foot diameter bulk and as mango rolls to a stop next to selve he just, like, lets out his large frog tongue and just, like, licks your whole body.
1: <laughs>
2: Ooh, uh, thanks.
1: And Ugh. that's his action. Yep.
2: <laughs> so Checkers, looking down at the ship from the crow's nest, the shiny chrome portal next to him, sees his friends and allies just starting to make their way up to the top of the ship. Yeah, no problem. He sees the... Recoil from the Kraken and knows that he has to buy his companions just a little bit more time. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna command Mango. There's this nice big pile of boxes on the ship, probably ill gotten gains from the pirates. Well, from all the things that they stole and looted. I don't, uh, freedom fighters, I think, actually. So, I'm gonna command Mango to hurl as many boxes of this loot as he can at the Kraken to try and slow it down a little bit. Okay.
1: <laughs> the medicine for the refugees! <laughs> we
2: right. don't know that. We don't know
0: these are the boxes. <laughs> yeah, right. Mango can't read, so he yeah, right. can't see the word medicine. Even a intelligence of
1: 10, I thought. On all, did, yeah, but um, that doesn't mean
0: he can read.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Checkers can barely read.
0: Yeah, like, yeah right, exactly. Mango. Checkers
3: has intentionally ensured well, Mango <laughs> was unable to read. We, we all know that if you take the word medicine and turn it upside down, it looks like ill-gotten booty. Yeah. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> hey, Val, those aren't important, right? All right, good. Go, Mango.
3: Mango
0: has guidance, and Mango also has advantage on this. uh Perfect. Thanks to Kaskarin's just <laughs>
2: glorious approach upon the ship. So Mango stares at Kaskarin. It just does a little nod. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And then whips his tongue around as many boxes as he can and tries to hurl him at the kraken. Okay. I will say athletics, probably. Cool. We're doing real well tonight. That is a twenty-seven for Adley. Dang. Oh.
1: Dang!
2: We could probably kill the kraken. Yeah, right. At this rate, right. like let's keep going. These huge boxes just like smash,
0: smash, smash against the kraken, and as it is already reeling back, you can see its gaping, gnashing teeth that could easily swallow the five of you and then some. Just go backwards as you see a trickle of what you can only assume must be ill-gotten potions and not some sort of medicine,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: go down its gullet and it kind of like, "Ah, but much uh, deeper and grosser because it's a
2: gargantuan kraken. Checkers, anything else? With my action and movement, I'm going to climb down a little bit from the crow's nest, look right at Val and go, Val, breakfast time.
1: Shit, which one's breakfast time?
2: (laughs) Pulls out a notebook. Which one? Which one? Shit. You, that, you, I that, think
1: that's a flat. The Flat is a
2: pancake. And you see a jagged fishing hook oh go, go flying towards you to try and pick you up from the anchor and pull you up closer to where checkers is.
1: Val flattens like a pancake and braces for like a shot to the butt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you'll take... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh. uh, you'll take ten points of oh damage. And... Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, you're gonna get pulled ten feet up onto the deck of
0: the
3: ship by your butt. Yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, by...
2: Oh my god! I
1: can't plan to <laughs> hang you after anything. this is a trust fall.
0: I. I am going to. I am going to be generous since you both have spent a lot of resources <laughs> in doing this. Take your D4 off of the damage. <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> take an additional D4 of damage. Yeah. Right.
1: Three. Hey, that's all right.
2: right. And that's my turn.
1: I've made it to the deck of the ship by (laughs) taking seven points of damage. Hey. Hey.
0: Selvastrolyn, you are next and you are up on
3: the deck. What would you like to do? Well, having seen checkers, and I'm going to use air quotes here, help Val (laughs) uh, get up a little bit higher. And also knowing that Cass is not the fastest among us. <laughs> Correct. I'm going to run a little bit of further interference, and I'm going to hopefully get the crowd totally pumped. Okay. Because, again, you, as a reminder to all of you and the listeners, you guys are balancing
0: how quickly you are getting through this, and whether you're able to if you get eaten by a kraken, that is mm-hmm. that is going to duck from your overall point score. But in addition to going through it quickly, you're also trying to go
3: through with style. So, self, what do you do? I would like to run to the aft of the ship, the back of it, which is closest to the kraken. How far is the mouth of the kraken from the back of the
0: ship? It's probably a good 20 plus feet now, now that it's kind of recoiled a little bit. It was kind of previously right on the back and gnawing at it and trying to pull sailors and stuff into its maw. But now that it is kind of recoiled,
3: is a little bit further back. Then I'm going to uh, make my way to the back of the ship, and I'm going to yell back at Cass, get up the mast, i I'll go. I'm going. (laughs) And I am going to let out a roar and also use my breath weapon to try to make the Kraken recoil a little bit further. Okay. Uh, Not necessarily for damage, but just kind of for effect. Okay, are you using an intimidation? This would be Intimidation, okay. which I am not fantastic at. I'm hoping I can use the Advantage and the extra I D4. think you're hyped up yeah. from Caster yeah. enough yeah. that a like, big One old One look at those screams. biceps. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You may not have heard. He unbuttoned his top button. So oh, you're, oh, you're... I, you're I oh, must, yeah. I must oh, yeah. have missed that. So that is, uh, that is well worth the Advantage. Then. Put
1: it in the notes, Steve. Yeah,
3: it, it will be. It will be in the notes. So that is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to attempt to... This will go on my resume if it works. Intimidate the Kraken. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And here we go. 10, 12, plus my bonus for Intimidation, which is zero. Uh, So that will be a 12 total.
2: I was so looking forward to calling you self-crack Intimidator. (laughs) (laughs) You you still can. (laughs) Um, Well...
0: Kaskrine, you what was the name you were hoping to give Self? I was hoping to call him the Kraken Intimidator. Well, uh, unfortunately, you'll have to call him Selv the Kraken Flattened? Yeah, oh, that's no. the one. Uh, because all of this has driven the Kraken back, but it's also made the Kraken somehow angrier and grumpier. Maybe it just doesn't like the taste of medicine. But it has a response to all of the things that is being thrown at it. Not just by you. As a reminder, again, all of these sailors are firing crossbows, are individually hacking at tentacles. There's even a few spellcasters who appear to be throwing cantrips and low-level spells at this creature. And you all see, self, you are enveloped in shadow as a tentacle rears up along the entire breadth of the ship and goes to smack at you. And I'm going to ask everyone to make a dexterity saving throw. I'm going to give you the D4. I don't think I'm going to give you the advantage on this one. Just because I don't... Unfortunately, Kaskrin's heroism is not going to help you hold on as a ship is being wrecked apart.
2: Kaskrin with a 19.
1: Baleska with a twenty-one. Hell yeah. What is happening?
2: <laughs> checkers with a twenty-two. Oh my I can... god!
3: <laughs>
1: well, oh, Mango with a twenty-four.
3: <laughs> so the grand total comes to seventeen. Fuck!
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: None of you are knocked prone. Nice. You're all going to still take damage. Damn it! Y'all take seven points of damage. Ow! As there's just an explosion of splinters and. This thing comes and just cracks <laughs> down the middle of this boat. And that is the end of another round. So we're at the top of the round once more. Checkers, you are up inside the crow's nest right next to the chrome door. I think you're actually you climbed down just, just a, little a little bit, bit but yeah. you are essentially right there. Everyone else is some amount of the way up, including Val, who is Mission Impossible dangling uh, from Checkers, I guess, specifically. Mm-hmm. Gaskrin, it is your turn. The kind of uh, charismatic glow from your grand entrance onto Mm -hmm. the deck is wearing off a little bit, mostly because how much kind of charisma can really bring everybody back from a giant tentacle slamming down into the middle of a ship? But, you know, no problem.
2: So on this ship, there is a fight with swords, but there is also a battle of hearts going Uh, on here. Technically true. Uh, and Casgrin, you know, he's running for the mass. He's going as fast as he can to try to climb up to the crow's nest. But on the way, he is going to grab a cutlass from one of the fallen non-pirates. And, like, he's running. He's climbing onto the net. And as he gets, like, up a little bit, you know, he is, like, going to hold on to the net with one hand. And then dangle off and, like, brandish the cutlass with the other hand. And, like, basically try to rally the troops. Like, he is, mm-hmm. like, pointing towards the Kraken and is saying, like, This is it, men! This is a fight for your lives! No one gets left behind!
0: First, sounds like another persuasion-y kind of, or another charisma-y okay. kind of check. As you run by, the person who you took the Cutlass from, not dead, just as Oh, here you go, governor! <laughs> You'll use this more than me! <laughs> I like your shirt and it's unbuttoned ways And you grab it and you yell out your cry, give me a dice roll. That is another twenty-one. God damn it. <laughs> oh.
1: Ah,
0: I set the DC for these so high and it hasn't it hasn't mattered. It hasn't <laughs> mattered one time. Alright. As you jump up onto the rigging. And I'm kind of imagining maybe the rigging is even, like, the mast has tipped over. Mm -hmm. And now there's just all this ropes dangling from the crow's nest. And so you just kind of climb it vertically and are swinging there in midair, yelling all of this out. The person who you can assume was the captain who you heard yelling about protecting the medical equipment for those refugees stands next to you, you know, kind of crosses up to you gives you a hearty slap in the back and says, Yar, we have to win for the children. For the children! Ah! And he takes out two cutlasses and then grabs a third cutlass and puts it in his mouth. (laughs) And and he charges head first towards the Kraken's maw. I'm going to give everyone a lower DC for the next round of combat, for whatever it is that you're going to do, as the kind of intensity of the action all around you guys picks up and the Kraken is paying a little less attention to you all and more about defending itself and or eating sailors. <laughs>
2: Anything else? I'm going to say Kaskrin is maybe one round away if he double moves from the uh, the crow's nest. That's where he is. No problem. Valeska Carter.
1: Valeska Carter, you said it is mission possibly hanging from Jaggers thorn whip. Yep. <laughs> and so... She, inspired by Kaskarin's words, is like, Yes! For the children! And then we'll use magic missile from the air to snipe tentacles that are 1v1-ing the crew as she helps save them. Pew! Pew! Pew!
0: As this sailor captain runs in, just charging again, Cutlass is going out of every single hand, appendage, and pocket that could possibly be imagined a huge tentacle comes to swipe and then a magic missile zaps it out of the way and kind of does just enough to stun it and slow it down as he looks back, gives you a nautical wink and then just starts (laughs) hacking away at the tentacle and you hear the ethereal crowd watching over you all scream and Larry Steve's voice once again kind of fills and reverberates the air around you guys from nowhere and says... Whoa, what heroes? Maybe all that medicine's gonna get there after all.
1: Val will swing to another rope to help cl- her climb up to the crow's nest. Maybe she's next to checkers at this no, point. Yeah,
0: you are. I, I'm gonna say with that, you have more than enough movement to get up there and be in the crow's nest. Okay. And you can even step through the portal if you so choose.
1: No, I must stay for the children.
0: For the children. <laughs> Anything else?
1: That is it. All right, all right. You can help the
2: children later. Come on, we got places to be. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. For the children, (laughs) Jackers! Val is hyped. She's in it. Adrenaline pumping.
2: So you just feel like this large frog tongue kind of wrap around you? (laughs) Oh, no. Boy, dear listener, if you could have seen the (laughs) hand motion that Jonathan did, it
0: did more loops than you would have thought. Val is... Very secure. Yes.
2: <laughs> Val's been wrapped by the large tongue of Mango, and Mango's just gonna drag you up into the chrome portal. <laughs> As both of you just like whoop, disappear. children.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
2: As an action, Checkers is going to summon the best boy. Billion! Yay! Yay! As Trade this, one frog, get a new frog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As this small-sized blue orb with butterfly wings and a weird tongue just like appears next to you, Casper. oh yeah. Beckoning for you to, to grab onto the tongue. For,
0: for inexplicably new listeners or old listeners who may not remember, this blue orb is also a frog. <laughs> yes, this just one to, is it's not just an orb. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Kaskarin is going to step one foot against billiam's tongue and then grab on to the a little bit higher up and then like hang off with his cutlass and just swing it wildly and just yell fight men for the children (laughs) as he's like airlifted into the chrome portal
0: i am totally fine with that happening uh off turn yep (laughs) that's perfect that's good how could i possibly not have that happen anything else you'd like to do
2: you too sal let's go as an action surge. <laughs> Checkers does a backflip and just starts glowing with these green motes. He's going to resummon Billiam now that Billiam has crossed into the portal and a new one appears next to Cell.
0: Nice. Can you action surge a second spell? I think so,
3: right? I can, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Checker's is too powerful. Cell, Cell, let's go. We got time sticking. Let's go.
3: Just to clarify, Billiam is next to me or Billiam's tongue? Billiam's to tongue me. is next to you. <laughs>
1: Billiam is 99% tongue. Yes. Yeah, right, yes.
2: correct. It has rolled out like a fruit roll up and is now beckoning you All to right.
3: touch it. Selv so reaches a hand up and grabs the tongue and then wraps it just a little bit so he has a better grip on the tongue and then kind of gives a little, but then says, If it'll help the children, get us through that portal. And I will hold on as Billiam. Brings me up. Yep,
2: sure. <laughs> and <laughs> why not? Well, get a, get another frog, why don't you?
0: Uh he self also
3: disappears <laughs> through the portal.
0: Everyone, I think, is through, except for only Checkers.
2: Fight, man, fight, yeah, go, good luck. And then Checkers just backflips
0: through the
2: portal. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Steve's voice once again
0: rings. That's the last thing you hear, Checkers, as you're kind of sucked into this new plane of existence, this new setting, this new whatever it is. What a frog-tacular ending! Huge cheer from everybody goes
1: up.
2: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) (laughs) There's
0: one one person who doesn't like frogs,
3: and so that was a horrific turn for them. There's always one person who just wants chaos. (laughs) And it's me.
1: And now, a word from our sponsor.
0: This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War. A peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tair. Can the gang find Tair, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike, including folks you might recognize like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with season one and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger or jump into season two and listen to a news story about a terrible corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you see? Him? All five of you arrive into this new place all at roughly the exact same time. You kind of trade the cacophony of battle for a quieter but still cacophonous tolling of chimes. You all take a moment to get your bearings and realize you are standing once more on solid ground A stone staircase stands before you. On either side of you are stone buildings, clearly well used, lived in. You see people hanging their heads outside of it, hanging up laundry, maybe yelling across the street to their neighbors. And at the top of these stairs is a grand cathedral. You see, instead of a main entryway there, in this exquisite building is a chrome doorway. But between said doorway and you all are thin strings. Not to go back to Mission Impossible. Well, I guess <laughs> it's not Mission Impossible. Uh, I don't remember what's...
1: Oh, entrapment.
0: Entrapment, yes. <laughs> imagine...
1: Catherine drones <laughs> Z- <Catherine laughs> Zeta- Zeta- <laughs> and Sean Connery, thank you.
0: Exactly. Imagine entrapment. They're just zigzagging. Like, imagine just, like, tripwire, laser... Austin Powers kind of amount of things. On each individual thread are bells, just little chimes jingling softly in the wind. As you all hear these bells and chimes, another sound starts to overtake them. You hear cawing of birds. And you look up, you see hundreds and hundreds of blackbirds and their caws rise up as these bells make their noise in the wind. We'll just pick up an in initiative
3: where we left off. Selv, it is your turn. So the strings are kind of going across the entire stairway. Yeah, in all directions, all angles, all depths. What does it seem like they are attached to at the edges of the stairs? They're attached to the buildings on either side. So it's actually just going
0: from building to building all the way across. And how far
3: is it from here to the cathedral? Great question. It's about 80 feet. Okay. So I will kind of look between checkers and the rest of us. And I would just turn to Checkers and say, Can Billiam Farius up and over? It wouldn't be very dramatic, but... um.
2: Yeah, I mean, we lose a lot of
0: style points. You hear, you're almost certain of it, it intermixed with the cause and the jingles of bells. Is that is that booing? No, <laughs> no, it couldn't be. It couldn't be. No, d- definitely it's not. It's the one person not. from
2: last time. <laughs> all of us here and it's like, oh, I see billion, Boo.
3: It's a wonderful idea. No one would ever boo at that one. I'm going to try something stupid. Everybody get ready. And I will go to the, like, one of the closer bells, and just with my nail, ting, and see what the crows do.
1: Val takes as many steps back as she can.
3: It's too late.
0: A ting rings out, and it is mystically loud, like a tuning fork. And the sound just carries and reverberates and doesn't seem to go quiet as quickly as it should a huge cacophony of cawing springs up and a contingent of these black birds open their wings and come swooping down and start clawing and pecking at self and you take five points of slashing damage as they just swing, dive by, and then just absolutely harry him, are just pecking and circling him and just ripping at him, pecking at his clothes, tearing a little bit, and just as soon as they have come upon him, before you guys even have a chance to react, they have already swooped to the other side and have already nestled on the roofs of the buildings on the other side. Well,
2: good to know how those kind of sting. Selv, do you think you can make it through those like with your dexterity do you think you could get through by yourself
3: um
0: i'll put it this way they are all strung up in a way that it's not a perfect net or at all it is just it there is there are some dense, gaps
3: that i could but get there through.
0: are absolutely gaps and you know this is something that i wouldn't be surprised at all if
3: this was akin to an exercise that self did when he was training All right, this will take me back. And I will start to uh, kind of, like, stretch a little bit. And uh, this does actually remind me of something from the monastery of kind of, like, uh, dexterity and dodging training we used to do just to stay limber and stay focused.
2: As Selv is, like, limbering up and starting to get ready to go through this maze of wires, Kaskrin is going to look at Valeska, and he's going to look at Checkers. Kaskrin is going to... Take both hands and channel magical energy into both of them, one touching himself and then one reaching towards you, Val. He's going to cast Twinned Reduce, making both of us small size.
1: Hey. (laughs) Hey.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pitch that up. And Checkers is picking up what you're putting down. Oh, I see. I see. All right, let's do it. And Checkers is just going to, like, grab onto the belt of your gi self and, like, hang on behind you. And just like look at Cas, look at Val. Caskrin eh? eh? yeah. is going to clamber up one of your legs and then like grab onto like your shoulder, self, and just like kind of perch himself behind you on one side like a backpack.
1: Val is now wondering what spot on self is left to take as her smaller self, and I guess she will climb up into the papoose part where it's just a <laughs> backpack on the front. She's actually going to face the same way as self and like tuck herself. Into oh, we're the we're, key. Baby Bjorning, so. yeah, we're baby Bjornings. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Bjorning.
0: Okay.
1: And she will Just look
0: fucking gilder baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she will look through uh-huh. the maze of string and using her battle trigonometry tactics. All of like the math room opens up in her mind, and Val will. Look through and aim to guide Selv through the path, trying to help him find the widest, the biggest triangles and shapes through the the maze of string.
0: Okay, so you have guidance. So, Kashgrin, you have used your turn. Yes, I have.
2: Checkers, uh, anything else you'd like to do? The last thing that I would like to do before Selv begins his journey through the wires is I'm going to cast Sanctuary. So you just see this large bubble of water appear around yourself, and the light seems to almost refract through it. Anyone that tries to attack you will have to make a wisdom saving throw. So I'm hoping that that'll keep some of the birds off you, at least. Self, so, you are carrying three toddlers. <laughs> and you
0: are trying to... What's the Catherine Zeta-Jones movie? Entrapment. In, you are trying to entrapment your way through what lies before you.
1: Please know, Steve... Catherine Zeta-Jones did this in a very sexy way. Right. That is the standard. How many US toddlers
0: <laughs> was Catherine Zeta-Jones holding? She was
1: blindfolded. How many toddlers <laughs> was Catherine Zeta-Jones holding? Zero.
0: Okay. Okay. Just, just wondering.
3: For this portion, acrobatics, it will be with disadvantage, but it will be with guidance. All right. I'm going to take a deep breath, and then I'm going to Zeta-Jones this. <laughs> Here we go. That would be a 17. So that is a failure. Ugh,
0: only just by a bit. So Selv, describe to me what it looks like as you are working your way through and managing, again, the weight of three toddlers who are
3: just dangling and slightly dead weight and clutching to you as you're going through all of this. So typically Selv has very good spatial awareness but as soon as you start tacking other stuff on... A lot of mass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, he's not as, number one, not as limber as he normally is. And number two, things stick out in weird places. Yeah,
0: it's like a cat where they have the whiskers, and so they know exactly you know how wide their body's supposed to be. But if they get too fat, then they get stuck <laughs> yeah. a lot more.
3: Selv is able to maneuver past the first few strings without too much of an issue. And then all of a sudden, a part of his waist that generally isn't that far out is a little bit further out than it used to be and there's a little ding ling and he immediately reaches back and tries to grab the bell to stop it from ringing but is not quite fast enough. As you
0: reach back to see, to try to get it out of the corner of your eye and just see what you hit, you see out of the corner of your eye a big swooping thing of birds. It's going to do a little bit less damage because I'm just assuming that eight to ten of sure. them are swooping in so half of them are failing. Uh three points of slashing damage. So you have 80 feet to make it. I'm going to say that for each failure, you are only able, you're moving it essentially half speed as you're kind of like twisting and turning all that kind of stuff. So half speed for you would be just 20 feet, right? Because it's 45 Mm -hmm. normally. So I'm going to say you're able to move 15 feet. When you fail, full 20 if you succeed. Okay. So we're going to do this in just rapid fire succession and we will deal with mango and Billiam afterwards. Cinematically, Selv gets hit by this flock of birds, just barely jangles a thing. And Selv, you realize you just gotta
3: move through this thing. What does Selv look like? What does he decide? How does it look? I'm kind of crouched a little bit, trying to determine my next move through the strings. And I just kind of shake my head and I say, we can get through. You need to all hold on tight. No, not that tight, not that
2: tight. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine definitely <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> Is the backpack? Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely.
2: And as Selv continues to move forward through these wires, Checkers is kind of picking up a little bit on what his movements are like and how he's trying to balance everyone. So as he's going to move forward, I'm going to use the help action, and I'm going to reposition myself in such a way that, like, balances you out as you're moving and shifting everyone else's position. Are you just, like, climbing around, being, like, the gyroscope? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of what I was picturing. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: That'll, awesome. We'll just assume you are always giving the help action, and so that will negate your disadvantage. So
3: you'll be rolling with guidance, but a straight roll. Start rolling. So it's going to start off with a couple of cartwheels, <laughs> and then a leap over, like, two or three of the strings. Trying not to do any rolling on the ground because I don't want to, like, you know, knock people off. You, like, forget.
0: Ah! Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you're
3: getting through. You (laughs) might need to. We're we're getting
0: through. You're taking all this damage, so. (laughs) Okay, so. uh, D6 and Decent.
3: They can get a little squished. Okay, so here we go with uh, a series of rolls.
0: That's an 11. Oh, no. Okay, another 15 feet and another seven points of slashing damage. Nineteen. That's a success. You were able to move another 20 feet, and maybe most importantly, do not hit a single bell as everyone is, is clinging and or gyroscoping around you. You have moved a total of 50 of the 80 feet. All right, totally, totally got this figured out now.
3: May my oath be heard. 21. Ooh, another success nice, that is uh, another yeah. 20 feet. Sal, I can see the end. Keep going, keep going.
1: You're so close, you're so, so
0: close. Uh, yeah, you can see you're now just 10 feet away. You can certainly now... Almost no matter what, hey, 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 make it on the other side. And it's a question, I'm sure, just, oh, well, you get a couple couple pecs. There's no way it could go catastrophically or critically wrong, right? Right. Absolutely no There's way. There's no way you won't just, like, roll badly and then just tumble downward mm-hmm. through all the through stairs, all the and, stairs all the and all the strings. Yeah, no problem.
3: Never going to yep. happen.
1: Val specifically looks for oil on the top.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a banana peel. Oh, no. Yeah. One of the monks has left it here. I am the very model of a monkish individual. Uh, ooh. ooh. Uh, (laughs) uh, That would be a 13. Uh,
0: That is another failure, but it is enough to get you those extra 10 steps. This big caw is let out, and as Selv bats away this last group and takes another four points of slashing damage, you guys find yourself on the other side of this, right in front of a chrome doorway that you know is the exit out of here. And to the side of you, you see a robed monk just casually walking through all of the ropes and all of the bells as if they are ethereal. And this monk turns at you, smiles, gives just a nod, and then continues walking into the monastery and or chapel in front of you. And as you all stand in front of this chrome doorway, you hear once more Larry Steve's voice. Wow! What a what a feat, Selvasterlin! An amazing, amazing job. Just sheer competitive spirit protecting his fellow guilders. You all see, Mango, get dropped next to you and is just covered in scratches. Oh, the body. equivalent of one HP. There is no Billiam. Uh, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> they are gone. <laughs> uh, but Mango is there. Selvastrolin literally carrying his team across the finish line to victory. Congratulations, Golden Tree Guild. Get a huge Ladies and gentlemen, did they or did they not do it with a lot of style on top of it? Again, just.
1: As Val pops out of the papoose, her tiny self is like, way to go, guys. We did it. That was a lot. You know, Selv, you're probably pretty tired. I'm just sweating because I'm nervous, but, like, good job, team.
2: Kaskrin pops off the back of Sel and is
1: like, Yeah, Val, we did it!
2: And gives you a high five.
1: High five! Great job, team! Man, I'm so glad we're done. That was it. We're the best. This is awesome. Great job, guys. Golden tree! Golden tree! We can just grab the book and get out of here.
0: You all literally hear... I'll say a gramophone scratch. All the cheering stops. And there is no sound. Not even the chimes of the bell as you stand in front of this chrome doorway. Well, hold on, everyone. Dear audience, you all want to see more of these golden tree guilders, right? Huge cheer once more erupts. Just, yeah, yeah, more, more, more. Don't worry, everyone. We've got... Lots of games in store on our next episode on Reckless Attack. Bye, everyone! Yay! Yay! There's more, baby! See you next time. Exactly. Imagine entrapment. They're just zigzagging. Like, imagine just, like, tripwire, laser, Austin Powers kind of amount of things.
2: I thought you were going to say there's a giant cathedral, and then all along the cathedral there are bowmen wielding giant (laughs) giant (laughs) bowmen ready to knock you off. Not Not quite.
1: See, I thought it was... And all, as you can see, the entire staircase is covered in oil. <laughs>
3: You're <laughs> covered speed. in slipping, yeah. You're just slipping. No, and no, there's no. one person at the top with a torch.
1: Oh no! It was like that weird, where they're all in, like wetsuits and they have to climb up like plastic stairs with oil on it. You <laughs> clearly you not watched enough Japanese games. No. To Japanese games. Okay. Like,
0: clearly.